1: Latter half of the week edition. I'm Jeff here with Chris Novembrino. Say hello, Chris.
0: I'm Chris here with <laughs> Jeff Hawkins.
1: So, yeah, we have the NXT UK Takeover Blackpool preview. The cruiserweights have a fatal four-way for Royal Rumble set, and for Rumble weekend, a WWE Worlds Collide tournament. Gonna start with my cleanup. Uh, section, it's gotten to the point where I've watched so much wrestling in the week that I will sometimes just put aside things that I found rather insulting or things I really, really hated, so I didn't want to talk about them for fear of making me cranky, but I would be remiss if I did not bring up, from Raw, the Braun Strowman-Brock Lesnar interaction. Oh, man. I'm...
0: I blacked that out of my mind, but boy, that was it really was... bad. Um, and, and, and I would like to return to the point I made to you of I don't see a real value added in Brock Lesnar as the universal champion and also a special attraction. Having him as a special attraction is fine, but him as the universal champion, that's not helping anything at all right now.
1: I disagree on that point. We've we, uh, You know, I, I just think...
0: How's him being the universal champ helping this angle?
1: It kind of makes a title defense a big deal. It kind of does. So that we don't get it week after week after week like everything else. But I'll tell you something. If I were... I don't believe in political hit theories. Never have. But if I were a guy who who just thought, you know what, I really need to take this Braun Strowman down a peg. This would be how I'd do it. In a world where you're not teaching guys and you're not allowing guys to go off the cuff and talk smack. All he had for his scripted part was get these hands. His t-shirt slogan. And it's ridiculous because he's sitting there and he's getting clowned by Paul Heyman. And he's waiting for his turn to go, well at Royal Rumble you're going to get these hands. Get these hands, get these hands, get these hands. You know, so the people can sing along with it. But I'm not built for the fight. And I I just want to see Braun kill things. I want to see him smash stuff. I don't care about him telling me stories and stuff. I want to see him be angry. I want to see him be mean. And you know what? If you're not going to let him talk, don't make him do a pro... There's nothing wrong with catchphrases. Let me say that first. There's nothing wrong with catchphrases, but you have to be able to...
0: But a catchphrase doesn't work in this context because you need to escalate. So the catchphrase was fine the first time, and then when Paul Heyman was like, what else do you have, then you go to, I don't know, anything else, and you escalate it. But what you don't do is say your catchphrase a second time.
1: Brock, I'm going to rip your head off and crap down your throat. I would have loved to have heard that, perhaps.
0: I'm going to feed Paul Heyman to you bit by bit. Something like that. Like You need to also involve Paul Heyman in the mix here because he's being an antagonizer.
1: My hands are a sausage grinder, and I'm going to make you bloody and eat you for breakfast. Something to to go in between the catchphrase and to build up to it. It's a nice period. It should not be the entire sentence. And this thing, I was just like, man, why... If I'm Vince McMahon and I'm watching that take place where he's just kind of staring into the camera looking lost because he can't go off script, I'm like, there's no money in this guy. And I know that's not true, but if I were planning a segment to make a guy lose value so he could not make money, that's what I would do for Braun Strowman right there.
0: He felt like an upper mid-card guy and not a main event guy.
1: Oh, he just felt like, I mean, look, I I know we said... uh, we he said Vince fell in love with this word, it felt like I was watching Braun be impotent on TV.
0: Yeah, he felt very it, impotent.
1: I mean, it's like, it looked like he wanted to do something, and he's just kind of staring for a few seconds going, what should I do? And Heyman is there saying, is that all you got? As if he's, you know, it's kind of when on our Patreon episode, patreon.com slash shake them ropes, about, uh, about the uh, world-class thing when I was talking about Brian Adias. And the story from the Mid Atlantic episode where Tully Blanchard is basically egging him on to lose his cool or to get angry and to start talking. And then he he's just sit, standing there going, duh. You know, <laughs> that's, that's all I think Heyman was trying to do. Heyman was trying to help him, but it's become such a system, and nobody can talk anymore off the cuff to the point where. If you if you looked at a guy and said you have two minutes, what do you got, kid? They'd look at you with this glazed hundred yard stare.
0: It'd go worse than that. Uh, one of my favorite old timey promos, uh, Dan Spivey, where he was just given a minute in WCW to try to get himself over with no clear direction. I think it'd probably go worse than that.
2: World Championship Wrestling. A lot of people are wondering why Dangerous Dan Spivey's back. Well, I'm back because I'm hungry. I'm looking for a title shot. It doesn't matter what title shot it is, but I'm one of And I'm gonna get respect around here or a lot of people are gonna get hurt. And that's what I do best, is hurt people. Because I don't mind taking a little pain, but whatever pain I get, I'm giving it out 10 times. So you people get ready out there. Get ready for the dangerous one. A guy who likes to hurt people, who likes to inflict pain, and I don't care what I do, as long as I beat you up. And I do that better than anybody. It doesn't matter if it's in Japan, or anywhere in the United States. You people, get ready. Because when you get in the ring with Danger Stand me, there's two things you can do. Nothing, and like it. And that's it.
0: Uh, I mean, part of the problem with Braun Strowman specifically is that we still don't have a real clear sense of how the Braun Strowman character talks or thinks from week to week, right? Like, I mean, we have Get These Hands. He had those interactions with Alexa Bliss that was giving him character depth, but now she's obviously not part of that mix anymore, so they're not doing that anymore, and Braun... All they've really had to work with over the last couple of months here has been that injury angle. So uh, he's just not hot right now at, at all. And well, this was a bad scenario to put him in.
1: I'll give you another problem. This is like the third or fourth time they've heated him up into the main event title program. And this will probably be the third or fourth time they will not give him the title.
0: And yes. You're just that's, a, like, that's another thing. The crowd, you can kind of feel, isn't fully biting on the idea that Braun Strowman's really a credible threat.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, he he's built up as a killer. And then he doesn't make the final kill, and then you got to build him up as a killer again. It's such a weird, weird thing because, man, if this were 1986 in the WWF, Vince would know exactly what to do with this guy. But because you have so much content to produce now, it looks like the planning stages are out of there, and he's just like, well, time to heat up Braun again, put him out there, and then, and then you just make him look bad. I mean, he looked bad coming out of this.
0: I think that Brock is probably going to go over clean on Braun. I I don't think Heyman's going to do anything to mix up the match. He's not going to serve as a major distraction. He's not going to have some sneaky plan up his sleeves to get Brock Lesnar out of there alive. I think Brock just wins.
1: I I would agree. I mean, mean, we'll get into that when we get to our Rumble preview, but right now, I'd I'd say Seth is the guy, or it's going to be a special attraction match versus a player to be named later. Um. So uh, let's uh let's do the NXT Blackpool thing last as our preview. Okay. Let's. What was this
0: World's Collide thing you mentioned?
1: Here we go. This is from the official release. The superstars of NXT NXT UK and 205 Live are set to battle in the first ever WWE World's Collide tournament, one of the most unique tournaments in sports entertainment history. And it all goes down at Royal Rumble Access in Phoenix. Brand versus brand dream matches will become a reality as 15 superstars in total, five from NXT, five from NXT UK, and five from 205 Live, will compete over the course of two days, and the tournament winner will receive a future NXT, NXT UK, or 205 Live championship match of their choosing. That means anyone can become a champion on any brand. Keep that in mind. Okay. What if you can't make way in? Oh, you just killed my joke. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. But uh, no, you know it's like it's a fifteen-person tournament. And then it's you know it starts with a starts with a battle royal on Saturday, the NXT Saturday, the twenty-sixth at the eight a.m. session of Access because God oh, boy. knows eight a.m. <laughs> wrestling
0: a- eggs f- in wrestling.
1: Dear Lord, eight a.m. Access, look, I've been to morning sessions on WrestleMania weekends. It ain't, it's not a pretty sight. And then, you know, they'll do like a single elimination. They'll be, it'll continue at the second session of Access, which takes place from one to five. And then it'll conclude at the final Access session on Sunday from eight to noon. Good Lord. And here, here's your participants from NXT, Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream, Dominic Dijakovic. Keith Lee, and Otis Dozovich. From NXT UK, Mark Andrews, Tyler Bate, Travis Banks, Jordan Devlin, and Zach Gibson. And from 205 Live, Cedric Alexander, Tony Nice, Drew Gulag, TJP. Originally, it was the fifth man was going to be Umberto Carrillo, but they have now said it's going to be a player to be named later. I was kind of happy for Umberto Carrillo to get a call up. Uh, he's been really, really great on his... Uh, NXT squash matches where he gets killed, pretty much. Um, oh, is he
0: going to be the guy who maybe faces Buddy Murphy next week?
1: I'm gonna. We'll go into that a bit too. I don't think so, but I like that as an idea. But this tournament, my my first response was great. Otis Dozovich could be the 205 Live champ. That's what I was about to
0: say. Him or Keith Lee.
1: So that'll be a cool thing, but I mean, I don't know. I, I like the talent in it. I like the idea of cross branding and stuff like that. But if you're going to do this kind of thing, I think you need to put all NXT, NXT UK and 205 Live in the same universe finally as opposed to having separate shows. It, you know, it's just it's just ridiculous in in some
0: ways. To I do don't this. love this as an Access thing. I think if you're going I to do access. this wo- Yeah, yeah, Access sucks, but if you're going to do a Worlds Collide Thing I, I think that that could be its own show. Uh, I I would actually be kind of into that. I I get the idea of making people or giving people something to watch at access, which otherwise is just stand in line and get autographs from wrestlers, which can get kind of tedious. But eh, I don't know. I, I I just would have a hard time getting excited about eight o'clock in the morning wrestling. That Rumble's means I'd get gonna up.
1: Be, Rumble's going to be five hours. Takeover I'm going to get up at like 6
0: a.m. Yeah. Right? I mean, so then that's the other thing. So then think about how long your days are on those takeover and rumble days, right? You're getting up at 6 a.m. to go and catch Access, and then you're going to be out probably till about 10 p.m. watching takeover. That's a long work day. That's
1: a long slog. That is the ultimate in what other entertainment do you need? Other than WWE. I, I, I don't know.
0: I need man. naps. I need a yeah. nap kiosk is what sleep. I need. <laughs> yeah.
1: So on, on your note about 205 Live, um, we now have a fatal four-way that's going to be at the Royal Rumble between Kalisto, Akira Tozawa, Hideo Itami, and Buddy Murphy. But Buddy Murphy has an open challenge for next week for anybody to come in. My thinking was because he referred to "I'll make you a legend" or something to that effect. I was thinking Ray.
0: That's interesting. I could see Ray. Yeah, or it was because the line was "You'll add to my legend," right?
1: Yeah, something to that effect. I, it was, it was some weird thing. It doesn't matter who you are. There was something in it that made it seem like it had to be a big name. But I like this idea of bringing in Humberto Carrillo. Um. I I I hope it's a if if they make it a non-title match give him the win ultimately to introduce him. I know that seems a bit weird cuz they just did that with Mustafa Ali. It could be Mustafa Ali.
0: The bring back Mustafa Ali to face one Buddy Murphy. Won't. Yeah, that one that night. they could do that. I I like Kareel of the options. I definitely like the idea of someone new who is not a legend versus a legend because I think what needs to happen here, obviously, is either Buddy Murphy goes over, or like they win, they win via countout or something like that. Although two hundred five live doesn't like to do the countout victory very much.
1: Yeah, I, if Johnny Gargano were still a babyface in NXT, I'd say this would be a nice way to introduce him. Um, I could also see because of uh, NXT UK takeover. And because those guys are now going to be flying over here to the states, I could see it being Lagero, Or Tyler being, Bate. Yeah, I don't know if they're. I don't know if they're flying over Lagero for the Rumble because they it's yeah. only a thirty man Rumble. <laughs> I don't think they're going that deep. If they're if they're flying over, you know, the guys for this tournament, and then I think they may put in like Gallus. So uh, for the Fatal Four Way in two hundred five live, I am here for the Hideo Itami Buddy Murphy showdown in that match. I I like this kind of edge to Itami. I I think, you know, the Arya Davari involvement's okay. I I'm, I'm not I'm not hurt by it. It's what heels do and it's kind of what they do for NXT or not NXT but for 205 Live.
0: But the whole thing with Davari is that he is going to be counteracted by the Brian Kendrick. So I actually like this because what's going to happen is that at some point Davari is going to try to interfere on behalf of Atami, and then Kendrick is going to come in and cover Tezawa's butt, and that's still not going to be able to be enough. But he, Kendrick's going to do his penance.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I thought they handled that real well this week, the the letter thing. I thought that was kind of cool, but, but I mean – I've already seen Buddy Murphy basically destroy Tazawa, and I've seen him destroy Kalisto. I am here to see Atami, and and the two heels have kind of a showdown within the match. It may not be long because, you know, they, 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 the 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 babyfaces will eventually get back in the ring, but I would love to see Atami and Buddy Murphy have about two minutes of a hard hitting match in this four way.
0: Yeah, a little bit of escalation before the match between Atami and Buddy Murphy would go a long way to this because Buddy Murphy's promo at the tail end was almost like, I'm just very impressed by Hideo Atami. And I would actually would have liked to have seen him have a little bit more fear of Atami. It almost felt like Buddy Murphy was taking Atami lightly and was more relieved that he wasn't having to face Cedric Alexander.
1: Yeah, it was was a little bit of a... I wouldn't say bravado, but it was almost like... Well, it didn't matter that a Tommy won. I can take him also, a- right, as opposed right. to as opposed to kind of that. Oh, I got another badass in this four way as well that I need to be kind of leery of. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. Um, I want a
0: Tommy to paintbrush Murphy and go respect me, and sort of <laughs> remind remind Murphy that that this is you know a title match that a Tommy is there to take that belt, or
1: you know even have Buddy Murphy. You know what. Oh, what would be cool, given the story of Buddy Murphy in this 205 Live division, have him go, I I demand he be weighed, and try and get Tommy out of the match.
0: Oh, that would be funny. That would be very funny. Demands a weigh-in. Yeah. Actually, I'm still here for Buddy Murphy starts gimmicking the scale. They just don't seem to want to go that angle, but I think (laughs) that that would be a lot of fun.
1: No, that'd be that would be very very cool.
0: Calisto K- misses weight because he weighs it at two thirty.
1: Oh jeez, <laughs> Kalisto missing weight would be <laughs> by twenty happen? pounds, <laughs> twenty five pounds. Well, what did you eat for lunch? Well, it was, it was I had I had a big breakfast. Well, what did you eat? Four hundred eggs?
0: No. I... <laughs>
1: Uh, so NXT UK is going to have their first takeover on a weekend where there will be playoff football in the States. So who knows if I think it's going to have to be a two screen situation for me. And then we we'll have to watch live on the computer while watching football on, on the TV. But uh, five matches, they all look to be pretty good. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those weird things where the show to me still doesn't have a lot of personality to it. Um, I thought these, there was a six-man on one of the episodes, and that's the hard thing. These two-episode weeks have to stop quickly, but uh, the the uh, the Gallus versus British Strong Style six-man was pretty darn good, which sets us up for a pretty good card here. Uh, I will go one by one and see who you like, given that you don't watch this from week to week, which I think is also very interesting <laughs> that I think about doing this preview
0: no i mean i watched enough of this though that i have a sense of what's going on so it's not okay. as though i've yeah it's not as though i've never watched this show before
1: no that's very very true uh so the announced matches uh i'll go in order on on the wiki here rhea ripley and in parentheses her armpits versus tony storm for the nxt uk women's championship do you think that they're gonna crown tony storm as a champion or are they gonna keep this belt on ripley for a while
0: I don't think they're crowning Tony Storm as champion. I think the belt stays on Ripley. I thought the press conference angle on NXT UK this week, which I did watch, uh, was not great. Like, it, it, I mean, they're just like in a vacuum. They're in space, like a black room. And you know, who who are these reporters, and where are they from? And I mean, they, they have do this Johnny the
1: Saint, and they have Johnny Saint as yeah. opposed to our boy um,
0: Sid Scala. Oh,
1: Sid Scala doing it and Johnny Saint comes off on these shows my corollary would be if you watched like mid 90s comedies or even 80s comedies the british actor older actor who was great at one time but is put in this comedy with whoever the like a chris farley type to be the authority figure with some heft so that's not a total clown show of the movie that's johnny saint Right now, you two ladies, stop it. You know, that kind of thing. And that's all he's doing in this. He's not really adding anything to this show.
0: You're saying he's like John Gilgood or something?
1: John Gilgood. I would accept. Yeah. I'll accept. You know, maybe Michael Caine, although Michael Caine was never in anything like this. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and
0: and, and Gilgood wasn't like in a ton of things like this. Or when he was in movies like this, he was actually good, like in Arthur. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I I didn't I didn't care for it. I, I thought Rhea Ripley eventually kind of settled into something that kind of worked with the "you've never beaten me" thing. But th- their interaction was a bit uh, stiff. I think Ripley hangs onto the belt here. I, I think that, you know, the money with Tony Storm is in the chase.
1: Yeah, I just don't know how long they're gonna have her chase for after after, you know, they established her winning the Mae Young Classic. I, I'm I'm not high on keeping Tony Storm on this NXT UK brand. I think she needs to go onto a bigger show. That that's my feeling. I think she's a little bit I think she's a little bit bigger than NXT UK but it it also appears that they're kind of heating up Ginny again to and Ginny and Tony Storm have a long storied history so i wouldn't be surprised if they put the belt on her but i think you know they they've invested in Rhea Ripley right now before they had Storm under contract i think they do keep it on her so for the tag team match for the inaugural NXT UK tag team champions Mustache Mountain, Trent Seven, and Tyler Bate taking on the grizzled young veterans of Zach Gibson and James Drake. The uh, Gibson and Drake had the how-do-you-feel-right-now f- interview, and uh, always one of my least favorite tropes in WWE is the how-do-you-feel. How do I feel? <laughs> you know, They always have to repeat the question back to the interviewer. Um, I'm interested in your take on this because I am not completely sold. That they make the move to put the they they do the feel good to put the titles on Mustache Mountain here.
0: So the only reason I lean towards the belts ending up on Mustache Mountain is because I I think that the Iron Kingdom needs something to go after, and I don't think they want to take the belt off of Pete Dunn at this point. Although I could be wrong about that, but I I think there will be some sort of balance between the Iron Kingdom or Gallus and. Uh, Mustache Mountain, British Strong Style. So I, I tend to think that Mustache Mountain wins this match, but it wouldn't shock me because they obviously have plans for Zach Gibson. They like this guy. So I could see them wanting to put some gold on him.
1: I was legit. I, I had legitimately forgotten that it was Gibson and Drake in this match. I was thinking, okay, it's Mustache Mountain versus the other two members of Gallus. And that they're gonna just belt all of Gallus to make you know the big heel faction the power in in NXT UK, and then all the all the baby faces have to have to chase. But I mean, I I agree with you. I think I think if uh, I mean, and Gibson. Um, the can question always... is
0: like, what's the point of putting the belt on Gibson and Drake? Like, what would be step two after that?
1: Well, because you have nothing to do with Gibson, and you just said that you you like the guy. But he's already had his Pete Dunn feud. So right. I, I, I think I think there's a chance they give him the titles as kind of the con- consolation prize. Because Mustache Mountain doesn't really need the belts to be popular. But I think, you know, not, now that I think about it, I think the Iron Kingdom have to eventually have some titles. And I think the tag team titles, if you're not going to get it off of Pete Dunn necessarily... Would be the way to go. So, uh, you know what? I'm going to change my mind here. I'm going to say that Mustache Mountain do get the titles.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. Uh,
1: Dave Mastiff versus Eddie Dennis in a no disqualification match. Um, <laughs> we've been a little hard on Eddie Dennis over the weeks. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what they do here. I think Dave Mastiff, though, eventually does have a strong win here over Eddie Dennis. I think they're trying to establish him as a big-time babyface, and I think this is going to be his first kind of signature win.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. I think that Mastiff has to really create a demolition here, and I think that this will be a good change of pace match on this card. That will need something that's less technical. Um, So there's a lot of room for these two to have a kind of brawling and scrapping match. Eh. I, and I'm with you. I think ultimately Mastiff ends up coming.
1: Although this feels like the kind of match where they give Eddie Dennis a banana peel win, doesn't it?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, there's the, there's the twist is that you could have the sadistic Eddie Dennis. I guess Mastiff is a guy who doesn't need wins necessarily because they just present him as, you know. He's, uh, remember what we were talking about in the premium episode, the the dude in the overalls? He's like oh, uh, this brand's like Solomon dude in the overalls. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, or, but like they have a dude in the overalls in every promotion. Um yeah. he, he is this guy's like the dude in the overalls. He's the upper mid card babyface.
1: Dude, I'd, I'd put him with Gallus. I just want, I just want a big, big old fat guy stable. Just four fat guys just killing people. That that would be my dream stable right there. Put Mastiff in with them. <laughs> um, Travis Banks, the Kiwi Buzzsaw, taking on Jordan Devlin uh the, the the or as we call him fergal Light, sometimes um
0: fergal devlin
1: yeah fergal devlin um Tra- travis banks i like travis he's going to do a lot of grunting in this match like he grunts it er <laughs> that's what you hear in all his matches uh i i tend to think they give this match to devlin I, I do. I think so
0: too. Yeah, because I, I, I think Devlin—they're uh, not done with the Devlin and Dunn angle. I think that they want to get Devlin back up the ladder here eventually. Yeah,
1: I, I like Travis. I, he's not championship material to them, I think, just yet. I'd love to see. Oh God, I'd love to see the South Pacific Power trip back together because I thought he was great in that. I, but boy, I could see them. If they ever decide to move Dunn to another brand, they could do a Daniel, uh, uh, like a first-run Daniel Bryan thing with Travis Banks. If he could talk. I don't know if he can talk in the WWE style, per se. Um, he, he had an issue being a progress champion to me because I think they had kind of miscast him as an undersized heel, kind of like they did with Daniel Bryan on his first run, where he's taking on these bigger guys like Walter. And it's like, eh, that's not working against a babyface Walter for me. But, uh, yeah, I think Devlin takes it here. And then finally, the championship match. Pete Dunne versus Joe Coffey for the WWE United Kingdom Championship. Pete Dunne has never lost this title since gaining it in the tournament uh, almost two years ago. Is this a time to have another champ?
0: Oh, man. Uh, Part of me says that they want to make a big headline coming out of this show. And the way you make the big headline coming out of this show is to make Joe Coffey the champion. I don't think that's the right idea, but I think that there's a legitimate chance that that occurs because Gallus needs to have some sort of titles in order to really have a cause to be alive. Um, And Joe Coffey keeps making it about, it's Mark and Wolfgang's kingdom, but he's the king. So it feels like eventually the the throne comes home.
1: I am a bit vexed by this as well, because the other two members of Gallus are not on this card. So this feels like there's going to be a lot of interference and there's a chance that they could steal the belt from Pete here. But on the other hand, Pete is such a strong champion and such a draw for this brand, and they really need that right now they need but Pete Dunne in the
0: chase Pete Dunne in the chase is still a strong draw Joe Coffey defeated by Pete Dunne is not so I think if you're trying to maximize where the heat's at right now I think Coffey as the champ's the answer isn't it
1: but well but I mean what's the value in Pete Dunne chasing when he's already been champ for almost 600 days
0: because of the grave injustice of the way that Gallus got the belts
1: well, oh, you you certainly have a silver tongue devil aspect to you, Chris. But I don't know if I buy that. <laughs> take.
0: I I, uh, I mean I I like that would be the reason for them to hang around, so that Mustache Mountain can feud with Gallus over you know the and Mustache Mountain holds the tag belts and Gallus holds the world title, and you know that, that's th- these two seemingly even factions have a reason to be clashing all the time.
1: Well I, I look if Joe Coffee and Gallus have shirts other than the NXT UK brand shirts Yeah okay sure belt them if they don't they're geeks get them out of there Cuz I'm tired of seeing that too I'm tired of everybody wearing the t-shirt of the company they work for stop it Um
0: wow Well it's their kingdom they just they you know you wear the t-shirt cuz you're so excited of what you own
1: I am I am so tempted to go coffee on this And for some reason, I I think I think you got to keep it undone. I mean, it's just you got to build up. I mean, maybe you can rebuild. So in your mind,
0: yeah, okay. I was gonna say in your mind, what happens if Dunn retains?
1: I think I think he retains by forfeit or not forfeit, but by DQ. Coffee and and Gallus beat the crap out of him, so that maybe he can't be around for a while, and then he comes back, or maybe they beat the crap out of him, and then you take the belt off of him. I don't know. I, I it's just. It's such a weird, such a weird thing to end on with coffee holding the title.
0: I mean, the other thing too is that you know I think eventually they want to do other things with Pete Dunne than just have him as the UK champion. Yeah. Forever. Uh,
1: no, I know I agree, but right now he's he's the strongest thing they have. He's really the only thing they have other than maybe Mustache Mountain that that's I would consider bankable. Um, no, he's running for the main roster now. I mean, he has been. I mean, he, every time he's on NXT, he's the thing to watch there. So, I mean, no, you know what? I'm going to go with you. I, I think Joe Coffey does win the title here.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's it's a toss-up. Coffey is not exactly uh, you know an eye-catcher or whatever, but it, it feels like the story they're telling us, this is the necessary narrative step that has to happen. He
1: has presence, though. I mean, you. Watch he he him. has
0: a cer- he has a certain thing about him. I I, I will give him that.
1: Yeah, I, I I do. I just think he hasn't. I mean,
0: I just kind of hate his man bun. I think Jeff. I, I, I think that yeah. like I, <laughs> part part of it is like I hate his hair a lot. Like everything that's going on with his hair is is very negative for me.
1: Oh, you know what? I was going to end with that, but NXT was on this week, and I had a we had a question on Twitter about it, so. This week on Twitter, they're kind of building up to the NXT TakeOver Phoenix, which I'll be going to. Uh, Bianca Belair and Nikki Cross had a very interesting match, I thought. I think this match was meant to help Bianca Belair learn how to sell for Shayna Baszler. Because interesting. She hasn't, had, she hasn't had a lot of those matches where she's had to sell a bit, and you can tell it's not the strongest thing in her arsenal.
0: It. Picked up in the second half early on in the match, like Nikki went for a head scissors, and that looked pretty rough. There was a spot where she was going for a roll-up that the timing was just a little bit off on. Um, but but that eventually picked up steam. Uh, but but the thing that we've been getting buzz about this week, and at least in my DMs, I do or in my inbox, and I don't know about yours, but this tag match between Marcel Bartel yes. and Fabian Eichner and Huntsman and Watt. And uh, so I, you had a weird metaphor on the earlier in the week show, and, and I have a weird metaphor, and uh, it, it is the George Harrison guitar solo convention so if you if you want a quick impromptu guitar <laughs> lesson here we go so um, when when you get a guitar solo, especially like George Harrison, he would get bars of eight or bars of four. Um, and, and so everything would subdivide real nicely into four quartiles. And George would plan out his solos um, where the first part would have, the first like four bars, they would have one lick. The second four bars would have another lick. And the third four bars, and so on and so forth. Um, and And so... The reason I'm bringing this all up is a lot of times when people say that they want novel things to happen inside of a wrestling match, and a lot of times when bookers try to get novel inside of a wrestling match, they just focus on that fourth quartile of the match and the finish. And what I thought was done so nicely in this match was all of the interesting shit in measures two and three. That's like what they did. Is you knew that Eichner and Bartel were going to go over. Like that wasn't the issue, Uh, but all the stuff in the middle of the match made the match very visually stimulating. At the end of it, you were fascinated, even even though you knew we had to go home on a very predictable series of notes. And that is my metaphor.
1: The question we got on Twitter was. Did I think it was a squash match, or was it supposed to be a squash match? It was a squash match. I think it went one beat too many. And I'll explain my reasoning here. Um, you're, re- you're kind of introducing Barthel and, and, and Eichner here for the benefit of those who do not see them make their uni- unity or their, their alliance on NXT UK. So you're introducing them here. You're putting them up against two guys who don't get an introduction. That means this is a squash match. Now, some people view squash matches differently. On the first squash match, you should just kill the guys you're in there with. It's a little different for heel tag teams. Once you've introduced them, you put them in squash matches, but... If, if you watch anything like the 605 things on, on the network or even, you know, World Class or Smoky Mountain, in squash matches against heel tag teams, especially, the two jobbers or mechanics or enhancement talent or whatever term you wish to use for them, they will always get a hope spot in there. But they will only get one hope spot in there. They'll get one thing in there... And then the heels will take back over and kill the guys. To me, this went one beat too far in giving Eichner and Barthel way too much trouble for the talent level of these guys who we're never going to hear from again. Like I think it's Watts is the smaller of the two.
0: Yeah, Watts is the smaller of the two.
1: When he does those nice little flip moves and stuff and makes the hot tag, when the big guy comes in... They should just kill him. They should have just killed him right there. They get he tags in big guy comes in. he's not as good as Watts gets beat up by Eichner. They do the finishers one, two, three instead, they had the big guy get a little bit of offense in there to which they had to come back again and get a second hot tag in there to Watts to then do, the, do you know, the impressive moves because he is such a small guy and they could throw him around and it would make it look impressive. It was a little bit too clever by half for my liking. I liked that they kind of gave, you know, you give the guy on the hot tag a little bit of offense and then when he tags back out to get the guy, other guy back in there, you beat that guy. That's the way these things should go. And instead it kind of went, oh, we have one extra tag in there and a little bit too much extra offense for the guys who nobody cares about.
0: I thought that the finish was so strong in terms of the sequence of moves to finally kill these guys that I I liked. See, I like the second tag because I thought it forced the heel team to get into second gear. And they did. So all of that worked for me. I, I get how I guess your mileage can vary on this, but uh, I I thought that this whole thing was spirited and well-paced.
1: well paced. It, well, it's it's weird because because I liked the first and f- and, or f- you know we we kind of differed on the measures we liked in terms of the quads. Because I really liked that first one where they're getting over Marth- Marcel Barthel's you know mat work and stuff. Yep, I really liked I like that. that. Yeah, I like I like bully heels in squash matches getting over how tough they are. I thought that was cool. My problem with the fourth quarter in that was was it looked like Barthel and, and Eichner looked lost a little bit. And and, you know, that extra tag didn't help. So it was one of those things where it was like we're trying to position each other for these cool little sequences, as opposed to it being kind of a two on two fight. And I think that's where it took me a little bit out of it a bit, but I mean, I I liked kind of the old school feeling of, you know, Mike Jackson, the Alabama champion, getting a little bit on the Midnight Express before they kill his partner. I liked that aspect of it a lot. I just think you don't make that second tag there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, I think making Huntsman more of the goob, I kind of like that. I like, I like the idea of, <laughs> although I could use a little bit more little tiny Watt here uh, because w- no, well, because
1: a, Watts was getting over with his stuff.
0: That's the thing. right, right. I mean that, that, and that became a problem. I think like if he had turned that down one or two notches, it was perfect. But he was, as you're right, he was starting to get over a little bit.
1: Yeah, and in that squash match, you have to pick one of those guys. To be over, it's either going to be the, the quick small guy or the powerful big guy who they said was cutting weight to get in this match, which I thought was amazing because he, he had such size, he could be over on his size alone. You pick one of those guys to be the competent one, and then the other one gets killed. That's all you need to do f- for that thing. If the big guy's in there and clubbering and clubbering, you tag in the small guy, and Eichner takes his head off. If the small guy is doing all these moves and confounding the heels, you tag in the big guy. He's kind of a lumbering guy. Maybe he trips a little bit on the way in because he's not really you know, used to working in the ring as much as the other guys, and then he gets taken advantage of. It's one of those two things. You can't have both kids getting shine when, when these kids don't matter in the long run. They didn't even get an introduction.
0: I still really liked it. <laughs> it was still really fun television. <laughs> You're not talking me <laughs> off of this.
1: No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to say it was a bad match. I was just saying why to me. As a pure squash match, it didn't quite work to to the levels I wanted to get over Eichner and Barthel as as a team. That that's all I'm saying it, it is I enjoyed the hell out of it. I I thought. I, God, I thought Watts was dead after that after that. Uh, after that belly to back because I didn't think it landed properly yeah
0: and then there was the one point where he got like sprung up into the air and Eichner caught him like man he got some serious vert at various points in that match yeah yeah yeah
1: and that's all I had for the NXT I mean the EC3 match was fine
0: it was fine I you know I, I just I have a hard time getting into an EC3 match uh it He just doesn't do a whole lot for me. And Adam Cole is kind of in a holding pattern right now. So I'm ready for Adam Cole to do something interesting. Uh, Like the Undisputed Era, I think they've got a lot of personality and a lot of swagger. But uh, Kyle O'Reilly continues to be the most interesting member of that group for me.
1: I would agree. So if you want to join our Patreon, patreon.com slash shake them ropes. There's a chance there might be a third hour of uh, audio this week. Uh, Mike Sempervivi, former guest of the show. Uh, (laughs) there'll be times he he works for wrestling observer over there and does the daily show over there with Brian Alvarez and he'll just occasionally DM me and go, I need to get out some thoughts. And I can't do it over there, so I've got kind of to become a sounding board. If we can find a way to make it work, you might get an extra hour either on the free or we may put it behind the paywall. It just depends. So uh,
0: I think you, you wa- should put it behind the paywall. I'll be the uh, heel here.
1: Yeah, okay, fine. Pay a buck and listen to us because there's been some pretty good audio of late. Chris and I went over World Class Championship Wrestling episode 217, and then uh, Rob McCarran, the former host and founder of the show, and I talked baseball and wrestling. That was a fun chat. Once again, that's patreon.com slash shake them ropes. Chris, tell the people where they can find you.
0: My other show is Don't Worry About the Government. I put out two episodes plus a Patreon episode this week. I'm going to be taping a third one here tomorrow. It's a busy week, and you can check out all of the things I've been doing. Over at Don't Worry TV, or by getting on iTunes and/or Stitcher and subscribing to Don't Worry About the Government, you can follow me at C H R I S N O V. E-M-B-R-I-N-O And subscribe to the All in the Family podcast We're going to tape on Sunday And we're going to do the Sammy Davis episode It's coming soon <laughs>
1: I just realized Billy Crystal can no longer host the Oscars Because of his Sammy Davis impression <laughs> oh.
0: I don't think that's the only reason I think it's that cameras break when they see his face at this point It's all contorted <laughs> Alright, I'm, I'm, I'm ending it there He's more machine than man now, Hawkins
1: I'm I'm ending it there
2: Tessa, what I'm gonna do, I promise I love you so much. I wrote you a little poem, Tessa, and I memorized it. Roses are red, violets are blue. Tessa, I love you. I love you, baby. Come back to me. I'm gonna beat you to death next week, Bill Dundee.